Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hi, Scott. Welcome back to another week. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah. We have a question today. I love questions. Me too. We get a lot Keep of sending questions. them in. Yeah. From a lot of people I'm really impressed with when I look at the questions they're submitting. Yeah. What's our question today? Our question today is, and it's a longer one, but I'll read through it. it the, the gist of the question, is it a good idea to front load my retirement accounts while I am young and single? Mm. This, this is timely because we just had a question on, is it possible to overfund retirement? Mm-hmm. So we did a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So let, here's the whole question. The question is, is it a good idea to front load my retirement accounts while I am young and single with low expenses so that by the time that my expenses begin to increase... I can significantly let my foot off the gas and divert those expenses to a mortgage, family, vacations, etc. And I can rest easy knowing my substantial retirement investments, compounding for 30 plus years, will grow and turn into a healthy retirement. I am 28 and single with a decent job and zero debt. I do not have a mortgage, car payments, or kids, and my monthly expenses are low because I have roommates. I'm currently maxing out my employer-sponsored 401k plan, Roth IRA, and HSA. I have a six-month emergency fund and a separate settlement fund to cover an eventual down payment on a house. I know my expenses will only grow as I get older, and I'm wondering if you believe it is a good idea or a good investment strategy to front-load my retirement while I can afford to do so. I have an average-paying job, so it'll be much more difficult for me to save once I move out on my own, start a family, etc. Yeah. What a question. What a question. Man, I wish I'd thought about that question. (laughs) I was single. 28 and single and all that. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, ahead of the curve. Absolutely. All right. Where's, uh, what are where your do thoughts you here? I, I, um, let's start here. Before saying it depends, which is, of course, what we're going to come back to. Yes. Let's, let's look at the benefits of doing something like this. Okay. Because there certainly are benefits. Yeah. So let's explore those. I know you've put some numbers together. You yeah. Want to walk us through some of those? Yeah. So we're just going to take um, the question, uh, the, the, well, the, what we've received in the question, and we're just going to kind of play with it a little bit. So we're just going to assume that straight out of college, um, someone could save that 28500 which would be the full max 401k right. with HSA, with uh, Roth, Roth IRA. IRA. Mm-hmm. We're not going to worry about tax consequences because it just gets too detailed too quick. And honestly, there may be an employer match happening there too, but we're not even going to worry about that. So you're just putting away 28500 bucks a year and you're young, so you don't have anyone to worry about. You just get to do this. Mm-hmm. And let's make the assumption that you do it for 10 years and then you don't retire until you're 65. So you're going to put away basically $285,000. And the question is to the people listening is- at home- Twenty eight thousand five hundred per year for ten for the years. First ten years, Got and it. the question, and we're gonna, and then, but we're not gonna retire until we're sixty five. So forty three years total of contributions and growth. And the question is, what do you think that money's gonna be worth when you turn sixty five? You put two hundred eighty five thousand dollars away. What could it possibly turn into when you turn sixty five? 
I'm, I'm just going to say it gets like a 7% rate of return, which it could be higher. It could be lower. We just have to have something reasonable that could be reasonable for long-term growth. So let's mm-hmm. just make that assumption. Mm-hmm. Are you asking me? Yeah. What do you think? Well, I'm cheating and I'm looking at your spreadsheet. Well, you're looking at the spreadsheet. I guess. That's true. This but is if just you off top of my looking head. at the spreadsheet, what do you, th- what do you, what do we think, what do you think would be a high number? A uh, million bucks. Sounds like a high number. Right. Cause you're like, on. exactly. That's kind of how I thought about it when I was, whenever we run the calculations, right? Mm-hmm. But we always forget about compound growth. And if you put $285,000 away or $28,500 a year for 10 years, and then don't touch it and let it grow at a 7% rate of return, when you're 65, it should be worth about $3.9 million. Wow. It's a lot of money. It's a lot more money than I put in. Way more money. It ends up being that you put in about 7% of the total value of the investment yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Which think of that, that's like the year 285 divided by it's now worth 3.9, right? Mm-hmm. How much did you put in? Not a lot. Mm-hmm. That's because you saved early. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what this listener is asking about. Yeah. And, and so obviously these aren't his exact numbers, but they might be close. No, we don't know what his real numbers are. Now, now what if what if we do this? Let's say that we have this listener who started early and I come to you, Scott, and I say, you know what? I spent the first 10 years out of college traveling, having fun with friends, doing, doing great stuff. Like I had a great time. <laughs> I didn't start seriously saving for retirement until 10 years after college. And at right. that time, I started max my 401k, Roth IRA, HSA. So call it 28500 per year. Where does that put me at 60, 65? Yep. So I actually, what I did was I ran the numbers very close to what you're saying, but I actually went backwards. I went and said, well, you know, how many, t- how many years would we have to put away the 28,500? Now, uh, of course, guys, we're not assuming for inflation. We're not assuming for like retirement contributions go up. We're not assuming for salaries going up. We're just trying to make this apples to apples really simple. But if we do 28,500 starting at 65 and back it all the way up and all the contributions that need to be made to have about the same amount of money. So you don't start early, but instead you start later, you would have to start saving at age 32 the 28,500 all the way through to retirement. So in the first iteration, we only did 10 years of saving. Now we have to do 34 years of saving mm. to get to have about the same amount of money. Wow. So this first person, this example, say for 10 years right out of college, mm-hmm. the second person who was going to say is me, uh, I started so saving at 32. You started saving at year nine out of college. Yeah. Year 10 out of college okay. was that year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I ended up with the same amount as this listener did. He'd saved right. for the first 10 years. And so what that's showing is, all, this is just an example. Obviously, the number is going to be different for each person. Yes. But the power of starting early is huge. Yes. When you look at, I put in three times as much money into my portfolio in this example, but the person who just started before me and yep. let their money work for them, they had the same amount of money for me at the end of the day. Yeah. So it required less work on their part because more of the work was being done by their money uh, as their money was compounding for them. Yeah. So that's powerful. Now, things that they had to do, never mess with their portfolio for 30 plus years, mm-hmm. which could be troublesome, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like keep believing that the mar- that money will make money for itself over time, which mm-hmm. means you had to go through crises and ups and downs and not buy the hot stock when the hot stock's happening. So there's a lot of things that have to happen there for this person to, to end up doing okay, but it does work when when you allow money to compound upon itself. Absolutely. So as we're looking at this, I mean, well, just addressing the listener's question, he asks, is this a good idea? Uh, yeah. Fi- I mean, financially, yeah. 
not knowing anything else about your situation, this is this could set you up for a huge amount of success over time. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, using a reasonable growth rate. Obviously, like we're saying, this is depending yeah. and this is assuming that you get some level of growth. Uh, I think it's there. What we don't know is what are you sacrificing to be able to do this? Yeah, that's it always comes. You said we wouldn't start with it depends, but of course it does depend, mm-hmm. right? Like what? What's this person's dream? What, 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 you know, everyone has time, money, energy, and talent. And where are you going to put yours to live the life that you want to live? Mm-hmm. Um, if this person's dream is to be an entrepreneur and go start a, a new career, or a new job, or start a new company, well, some of these funds may be better off being put to that use mm-hmm. to invest in themselves than being put into retirement accounts that we're not going to unlock for 30 some years. Right. There's so many possibilities. There's never a right answer. Mm-hmm. It yeah. comes down to how much security do you want to have for yourself when you're 65? And what do you want the potential to look like between now and then? And how much resiliency do you want to have? He clearly has a lot of resiliency in his life already. Right. Right. With cash flow, with saving, with doing the things that he's doing. He's doing a lot of wonderful things. Absolutely. And on paper, the, the answer is absolutely yes. Like, can you preload your retirement and be just fine to not have to save as much in the future? Absolutely. One of the first episodes that we did, I, I forget what number, but we just talked about the magic or the power of compounding. Mm-hmm. And we gave the example of, would you rather have one penny that doubles every day for a month or a mm-hmm. million dollars? Mm-hmm. And you think through that and you're like, okay, well, one penny turns to two pennies, turns to four pennies, turns to eight. Like, it's going to take a long time for that penny to make up absolutely dollars. Until you see that by day 31 of that month, that penny's turned to over $10 million. Right. And that's just the power of compounding. And so one thing, and we discussed this in the episode of you can invest your time, you can invest your resources, your talent, your money, mm-hmm. all those different things. Well, investing, that compounding applies to those other things too. So yes, if yes. you invest your dollars, it can have a powerful outcome. But if you're investing your dollars at the expense of investing in a skill set or investing in relationships or investing in your business or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, are you giving up compounding in other areas? Now, you can do all this and probably keep investing in those things. Right. But if this means, you know, hey, you you did all this stuff and you maxed 401k and you maxed Roth IRA and you maxed HSA, but it meant you couldn't be investing the side business that you really cared about that would have grown exponentially more than your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Well, then that might be a reason not to do it. And obviously, I'm just making stuff up at this point. Well, that's but, just it. We don't know this person. We don't know what their goals, dreams, and aspirations are. And are, to your point... It's not just about money is a tool that is to be used in your life. And to to your point and to our point, when we look at the numbers, yes, you can create a lot of resiliency in your life by saving this money now for retirement, but it can also be detrimental to you if you're not careful. Yes. Which is kind of what I think you're getting at. Look at the other things that are, when you think about optimally investing in your time, your money, your energy, and your talent as you're putting, and it's actually something that crossed my mind when you read the answer or the the question, he'd mentioned something about um, an average salary and an average career, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Yes, and my, he did. my immediate my immediate thought was why, like, what do you love to do, and and do you have to be average in what you do, and and maybe you want to to be that way because it gives you a portion of a life to go do things outside of that scope of work that you want to be doing, and if that's the case, amazing. But if at the same time you could take some of these funds to become extraordinary in your job, mm-hmm. well, what is that going to do? Like mm-hmm. a number, a thing that we didn't do here is you know if you were a younger person, which is kind of what we're getting at with twenty eight, still younger person to me because I'm you know old now. Um, but, but if you think about it, like if, if you can uh, every Friday go into work 
knowing what your job description is and write down the things that you did that went above and beyond your job description. So every time you get a pay raise in corporate world, you don't get a 3% raise, but you get a 5% raise. That's going to do more for your lifetime Mm -hmm. than the savings that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Right now, obviously you still have to save some of it. (laughs) We do need it to go on the balance sheet eventually, but you go get five, 10% raises when you go from company to company and place to place, that's going to do more for you than, and that's investing in yourself. Right. More so than just investing on a piece of paper. Yeah. It's, it's, it's taking the compounding and the power of compounding that we're illustrating here through numbers and showing how $285,000 contributions can turn into almost $4 million of assets. Yeah. And applying that same power to your career growth or skill set growth or mm-hmm. whatever personal growth, wherever it might be. Um, you did kind of a fun exercise, Scott, that says, you know, what if you didn't just completely stop saving and maybe for the listener's benefit um, who asked this question, we kind of go through some of those examples just to yeah. see. It's probably not going to be the case where you go 10 years, really super aggressive savings and then do nothing for no. the rest of your life. It's probably going to be something a little bit more flexible than that. Yeah. And that's how I was thinking of it initially too. So I just did the other little columns that we ran quickly were the 28.5 for the first, I think it was like, I think I did it until he was 35 because I was like, oh, you're definitely having kids then. Uh, and then for 20 years, reducing contributions by half, so going to 14,250. And then in the later years, bumping it back up to 28,5. We do that with a 7% rate of growth. You end up contributing about $940,000 in total, and you have about $6.3 million um, when you retire, which is pretty awesome. And then the other version I looked at was the same concept, but I did say that we turned off the gas completely. Uh, when we had kids. So for 20 years, no contributions. So 28.5 to 35, and then from 56 to 65, 28.5 again. So you do $655,000 of contributions and you end up having about $5 million in assets. So I think uh, to me, the key, uh, and you'll feel free to chime in, but to me, I think the key, especially when you're young and I think about this, it's not so much like, of course, if you can save early and it doesn't detract from anything else in your life, it's a wonderful thing to do. But honestly, the key is getting used to saving, mm-hmm. right? And getting used to saving a decent percentage of your paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've lo- if you look at the math behind it, like if someone can save 10% of their income every single year now, and, it's, and even into retirement, they'll probably, it's very difficult to run out of money. Yeah. If you can save 20% of your income, um, well, you're you're basically creating a lot of freedom for yourself really quickly. Mm-hmm. If you can do more than that, lovely. But if you get to the point where you can do that, like that 20% mark, it just there's going to be periods of time where you turn the nozzle to different buckets, right? You're going to go front load retirement when you're young, and then you're going to meet someone and be like, I think we should buy a house. So you may decrease the amount going into the savings accounts for a little bit so you can save more for the down payment. And then you buy the house and you get used to being in the house and you keep getting pay raises and you fill all those buckets back up again. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's time for preschool and then you have to go pay for that or a nanny. It's like, there's always stuff that comes up that you have to pay for, but you just have to kind of get used to the fact that it's always there. And, and there's going to be periods of time when the money goes to different places. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So to, I think, wrap some of this to this listener's question, yes, on paper, it would be a great idea to front load retirement if you can. And if it's not causing you to sacrifice anything else that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, the, those initial dollars that you put in earlier on in your life when you're 28, 29, 30, as this listener is, those dollars are going to have the biggest impact over time just because they have more years to compound, more yeah. so than the dollars going in in your 50s, 60s, and beyond well. Absolutely. So yes, good idea, but it depends on some of these other things that we're talking about. What's the trade-off of this? If there are no trade-offs, then great. Keep doing this. 
yeah. set yourself up nicely so that when you have a family and have higher expenses, as Scott's saying, you can just kind of turn the nozzle and redirect those savings somewhere else. Yeah, I think we're definitely on the same page. It's just don't do it to the detriment of your other ambitions in life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good place to wrap it. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.